Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brothers Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Rice and our guest today is Deborah Hawkins. Woo! Let's talk about what we're drinking. I am drinking Sweet 45 Jerry Cordial with my crushed ice from my Airbnb um, from Skunk Brothers Spirits. You can find them on skunkbrotherspirits.com. DWA10 is our coupon code. Chelsea, what are you drinking today? I am doing, I actually had to, to do a refill. So this is actually Gatorade and vodka. I ran out of green tea. It's all part of my healthy line that'll be coming somewhere near you. Yeah, I, I like this. I like this. I'm sure Gatorade will be much more of us putting vodka into it. That will be a thing. We're going to get a it's lot. It's really good. Water. It's fine. It keeps We're going to exist on the show. Right? I am advertising. This is free advertising. This the is great free advertising, party. Gatorade. Just get over yourselves. Okay, Deborah, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Manhattan with rye. And it's been fun to drink this while having a discussion with you because after I finished drinking it, I have two boozed up cherries on the bottom of my glass and I'm going to enjoy eating my cherry flavor. Uh, Yes, yes, I think boozed up cherries are the way to go. I won't tell you how many moonshine cherries I ate at one time one night. It was not a good plan, by the way. Old Smokey, you can fuck yourself. Seriously, it's a terrible <laughs> plan to eat all those. Okay, moving on. Anyway, I actually went to that brewery when I, distillery? Is it a distillery? It's probably a distillery. distillery. Anyway, I went there and it was very funny because my daughter saw the jar and she's an adult. When I say this, people, I'm not an, like an alcoholic mother or something. But anyway, she saw the jar, <laughs> jar of cherries and she's like, do you think you need another one of these? And I'm like, not this lifetime. Please and thank you. They were deadly. Okay, moving on. We're to rapid fire questions. You ready, Deborah? I think so. Okay, nobody's ever ready. What is your favorite book of all time? 
Um, love it, desire of love and techno. Oh, why? Um, it was so unusual. It was like about rewriting history. I like quirky narrators when it comes to fiction, and they like unexpected stories. What is your least favorite book of all time? I'm not really keen on Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> so I right? to say that we're writers. I think it's that's like against writing rules. When you're <laughs> in high school or college, you're like forced to read this shit. And I go, I liked like books about, about him or books about his wife, but he didn't like reading Hemingway because he was like so macho and really very simplistic. It didn't do anything for me. That makes sense. Do you read a lot? Uh, I go through spurts. I may read like six books in a month and not read for a couple months. I used to be in a book book, but we suspended because of COVID. We couldn't like decide how to get together or not. You, you were in what? A book group. Oh, a book group. Okay. And did you guys meet all the time? And was it like a crit, a book club? Like read it was a book, like a book club, right? Right. Um, so for a while during COVID, we met virtually. But when things kind of opened up, some people didn't want to get vaccinated, so it created like we didn't know what to do anymore. <laughs> so okay. it was suspended for a while. I'd love to be in another book again, uh, club again, because it really gets me to read things I wouldn't normally pick up. And even if I don't like, um, if something is not my normal genre, I usually feel like I benefited from reading it and having people just to, to discuss it with. And how do you like to read? Do you read paperback, ebook? What is your I yeah, paperback probably because it's lighter than a hardcover and cheaper, but I also don't really care to read ebooks because I spend enough time on the computer doing writing or doing other things. And so it's really just wonderful for me and very intimate feeling to be with the book. Do you, um, are you careful with your paperbacks or will you write in them? Like my, my friend Jen gets very pissed off at me because to me, a book is a book unless it's like signed by an author or something. So I'll like take a bath with the book and she's like, what are you doing? Like, what, I don't care. You are never having one of my books. You are never oh, having a book I'll from me. I'll warn you of that, Chels, before I <laughs> ask her. You're like, hey, do you want to borrow this book? I'm, I will give you the spiel on what I do with paperback books. <laughs> you will send it to me. That's I only I do hardcover though. <laughs> I'm in between. I'm not as like, um, I don't treat my books as sacredly as some people do, but um, I don't like take them to the bathroom right in them. I'm like the posted queen. If I would read a book for um, a book club that I'm in, I might get it from the library because I'm not sure I want to keep it <laughs> and pay for it and all that stuff. 
but um, I can't not write some of my thoughts down. So I'll write them on post-its and put them in the page of the book that it pertains to. So it's very funny. I go through a ritual. When I return the book to the library, I have to go through the book and take out all the fucking post-it notes. <laughs> well, I got a question. For your books, are there post-it notes in the books you have on your shelves? Um, a few, yes. Some I was going to say, if it's your book, it, you don't, you don't go through was... and take out the post-its, do you? Um, occasionally, uh, I read post-its. Like, I have a book of poetry about spiritual poetry, and I wrote down, like, I really like this or whatever. It has, like, Rumi and Hafiz and a bunch of, like, ancient poets. And I wrote on post notes about my feelings about these things. So occasionally I would write things on post notes and put it in books I keep. But the most common thing would be, well, I can't write on the book that I take from the library. So I, and especially if I want to discuss the book and have some um, brain joggers, a little um target things that will make me remember things so especially when i would take a book out to the library from the library that i would discuss th that's where i use the posts the most that makes sense do you finish books all the time like if you start a book will you finish it um there's been a few books i that i won't finish because if i don't like it and if i no, it's really long. Like if it's 300 pages, okay, I'll finish it. But I remember like some people told me that you got to read The Goldfinch. And I started reading it. I go, I don't believe it. Like the narrator is supposed to be this young boy. I go, this is not a boy's voice. This is, this is not, doesn't feel real to me. It's 700 pages. I'm not going to read this. I read it. 200 and I said enough I don't believe it so I'm mixed on that no that makes sense Chels okay if you found a million dollars and nobody was around what would you do with it I'd probably like buy everybody I know dinner as a starting point, I'd give like some of it away and I'd probably take a vacation. I might um, do something for myself, but I'd also maybe see if like it belonged to anybody. Like, I think I would make that attempt. And if of I- Of course, would, somebody's gonna be like, yeah, that's mine. You found a million dollars? I left that over there. Um, actually, I didn't have a million dollars, but um, I had a situation where I was on vacation and they found a gold necklace, like an 18 karat gold necklace. And they put it on the bulletin board that um, this was found. I didn't want to just give it to the hotel because I really didn't know if I trusted the help and um, nobody claimed it. So I kept for years. And then when I was really low, I sold it. 
to like, <laughs> because I needed the money. So um, I think I would make an attempt to try to find it in a way that I didn't feel like I was like, I would get ripped off. And then I would try to like share it and share it a little bit, but also- So like, how would you, how would you post- that didn't take care of. Chelsea, are how you would you go down a path of how you would find out? Oh, yeah. Because I wanna know now, because like, so what do you do? Like, hey, if you lost something, I found it. Tell me what you lost and where you think you lost it and I'll I'll let you know. Like, how do you, because then you get all, and then do you leave a phone number? Because what if you get those psychic people that see it and they're like, I'm gonna, like, she's being so cryptic about it. Clearly she found a million dollars. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, sorry, ladies. I don't know how to answer that. I've been, um, I'm a very trusting soul. I've been ripped off a few times but not huge, and I've like let it go. Like um, it's not worth like 20 bucks here or there, not worth getting upset about. And if I found a million dollars and it ended up in somebody else's hands, it was never mine to begin with. I, I wouldn't like ruminate on losing it. Does that make sense? Um, okay, switch topic. What is your favorite book to movie or TV show? Wow. I don't know, but um, there's a wonderful set of books that's pretty old. That's um, Jane here. And um, there's Sargasso Sea. And I love the idea of that. So if you know the story of Jane Eyre, there's like uh, Rochester had his ex-wife and crazy lady up in his attic. So there was like a whole story about her. So this other book, The Wide Sargasso Sea, was about Rochester's life with the first wife. So I love like, uh, you know, how things, books might be put together, um, be in series, like tell, like go backwards, that sort of thing. So I appreciate that. I don't know that much about like a movie to a um, book to a TV show, but um, like Jane Eyre, some of the classics, and Pride and Prejudice made wonderful movies and wonderful stories. Are there any books that you've read that they made into a movie or a TV show and you were like, this is terrible? Oh, uh, I, I, I'm sure there have been, but I can't think of any right now. When, what is your ideal writing situation? Like if you were setting up your perfect way to write, what is that like? Is there music? Is it a certain time of day? Like what is your ideal writing scenario? Um, I really like to write in the morning. When I feel pressure, when my head is clear and when I'm less preoccupied with other things. 
I also feel like being closer to sleep. I might be um, apt to like entertain more ideas that are still floating around for my dreams. So I think writing in the morning is really wonderful for me. I think it's really great to have um, tea or coffee or special time in the morning where nobody disturbs you. So um, I like to, when I wake up, I'll walk the dog, feed the dog and take a walk and then do some writing. And I think my best time of the day is like nine, nine to 11 in the morning, the late morning. Very cool, Chels. What is your favorite weird food combination? I don't think it's weird. <laughs> what is a, a food combination that other people would think is weird? Well, I don't know if others, but I really love white chocolate covered pretzels. There's That's not weird. That, I know. There's something about the sweet and salty that I really like. I remember years ago, though, when I was like, um, when I did drugs and other things, I would think about like food as tasting like colors. <laughs> and I remember- It's like the casual manner. When you did drugs and other things, I like how you said that. <laughs> yeah, it's just very casual. I used to love taking mandarin oranges and wrapping Canadian bacon around them. And to me, that like tasted like the color magenta. I don't know why. I like thinking that different food combinations tasted like a color. Hmm. I like it. I like the whole thing, everything about it. Is there any food that you eat, um, Chels, that you think tastes like a color? I think when you eat, like, so, you know, when you go to grocery stores and you get the cakes, I always think the flavored frosting tastes like colors. What do you think it tastes like? I mean, like? that's not as cool as, like, you know, mandarin oranges and Canadian bacon or anything, but, like, Corey always makes fun of me because I always tell him I don't want to eat blue because when you go to Publix and you get the cakes and stuff, I'm like, oh, I hate it. It tastes like blue. And he's like, and what does blue taste like? I'm like, it tastes like fucking blue. <laughs> You know, I actually will not eat things that are colored blue. Really? Yeah, I know this sounds like a weird thing, um, but I won't eat things that are color um, are colored blue because there isn't blue food in nature. Blueberries. Blueberries are purple. Blueberries are blue. They're purple. On the inside, they're purple, but on the outside, they're blue. No, but they're really, they're really more purpley than blue. Like this color blue. Name one food in nature that is actually this color. I'm looking it up. You know what? Hold on. You're fine. Look it up right this now. Is, this is gonna bother me. I'll tell you because vital things you need to I know. I wanted to have um a dinner party where everybody elderberries, concord grapes. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. They're so purple. They blue seed. That is so debatable because it really depends. I could literally, sh I no, I ate the last of my blueberries. I was gonna say, I could go into my fridge and show you like 
They're blue. Go to Publix. Like if you wash them off, blue. they're blue. I promise you. Chelsea, next time we're together, me and you are going to go on a food excursion. We're going to go on a food excursion. And I you're like going to see that I'm right. And these things are not actually blue. Hmm. Years ago, we're going to have to go through and figure it out because it's going to bother me subconsciously now. Every time I go to the, to the grocery store, that's going to be my one goal in life now. I believe that. Okay. So what were you saying? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I used to think it would be fun to have a dinner party where instead of everybody having the same dishes, um, each person would eat food of a different color. So one person would eat all orange food. One person would eat all red food. One person would eat all green food. And we could eat, everybody would eat a color. That's a terrible. I don't know why. Idea. So, what were the other? What were the food combinations for the other colors? Well, for green, there's like salads and green beans and lots of vegetables. For orange, there might be salmon and cheeses. Okay. And lots of things that are orange. There are lots of things that are white, like different kinds of potatoes and cauliflower and you know things that are white. Um, but I haven't really solved the blueberry issue, but I think there are a lot of colored foods. I really love, that's one thing I love about spring or summertime, that there's so many colors of food, like everything is their color. So I really can appreciate that um, blue doesn't seem like natural no, I'm telling you, this whole blue thing is, anyway. Uh, it's going to bother me. I'm still on Google. <laughs> There's a great why, debate. I'm telling you, we could go down a whole entire thing on this. I mean, it's, you'll yeah, find because, that I'm right. You know, they have the molds and stuff that you can eat, like cheeses and stuff like that. So they're saying that, saying that you know, technically blue cheese is a blue food because it's a naturally occurring thing. All right. So, but it's not like, you see, like they That's fine. It. We can go down this. I promise. It's not blue. Okay, yeah, so. cream color. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll go down this path. Okay, next question for you, Chelsea. You got to come up with another question. Okay, if um, now that I'm all scrambled on the blue thing, if you could be any character in a book, who would you be? Wow. <coughs> That's a great question, but I'm kind of drawing a blank on it now. Um, this is not a regular book, but um, I think of like Brenda Starr or something. I'd like to be like um, that old comic book. I'd like to be, I think, a superhero. It's like so different than my normal life would kind of be fun to be a superhero. Okay, then what would your superpower be? I would have a perfect body, no matter how much I ate. That, that is not a bad plan. <laughs> is that a superpower? 
It's, I think it could be a superpower. That was different. I like that one. That was, that was good. That was unexpected. Erica, what would your superpower be? Um, I would probably like to read people's minds. Ooh, that's dangerous. I, it is very dangerous. Terrible burden. Exactly. Very, very dangerous. Um, what about you, Chels? What would yours be? Probably telekinesis or something like that. Like that way, when somebody makes mind. me mad, I, yeah, just like freaking throw things at them. You'd be, you'd be scary. I could see you kind of like a fire starter kind of thing. That would be dangerous, uh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. That sounds like a not a great plan. <laughs> not a great plan at all. <laughs> It'd be okay. so much fun. Yeah, uh, I'd probably be a villain. I think I'd be a super villain. Easily. In like 3.5 seconds, you'd be a... a anti-hero. I would be an anti-hero. <laughs> Very Deadpool-like. Very Deadpool-like. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Okay. Um, final question. Final question. Final question. It's got to be a good one. I know. I know. Um, and there's a lot of pressure with a lot of cordial on my brain. For the final question would be, what is the soundtrack to your writing? What kind of music do you listen to while you're writing? Um, I like bebop jazz i like old jazz like bill evans or wayne shorter oh wow because um i really appreciate the level of improvisation and the level of there's some structure like most writing there's some structure but it's loose enough that there's a lot of leeway to put in whatever is personal, whatever seems right in the moment. And I really like to live that way. That um, there's some structure that um, makes my life a little easier or more meaningful, that I don't have to like reinvent everything each day, but um, it's wonderful to be able to improv uh, improv like riff off of different things and see what happens very cool very very cool okay well you have been thoroughly amazing can you tell people where to get your book again sure um the best you know small thing and practice gratitude are available on amazon or Barnes and Noble, or basically any bookseller that has an online presence. You could also um, click through my blog and my web, website, which is nosmallthing.net. And you could see instructions for how to like purchase the books. Um, I also have the media page on the website where you could see um, different podcasts and YouTube interviews. You could also see my interview with Jack Canfield. And I have a linked free page, which has some of my current activities. My handle is Grateful Deb. Oh.
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was fun. I'm so glad. Okay, this has been Drinking with Authors, Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is from the amazing C.R. Rice. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brothers Spirits, DWA 10. Don't forget to order many, many cool things. And our amazing guest has been Deborah Hawkins. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.